The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield for your chance to hear their response. It's time for The Deal with Yield. And joining us, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, Joel Whipperford, and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. So, Kyle, one of the things I've got a lot of questions from growers on is drones and UAVs in this space. What have you been seeing out in western Minnesota in the skies? At first, everybody's like, I don't want a drone, I don't want a drone. And then all of a sudden, a few people get drones. And then they're like, oh, those are kind of neat. It's just like a brand-new fancy car you've never seen before. And then all of a sudden, they're like, so what? We have a drone, and what do you do with the information? So as technology gets caught up here in this fancy little object, whether you throw it and it runs on a programmable course and comes back, or you're physically flying it like a remote car when you're little, the in-season images, you can take that off the R7 tool and then be able to fly over that and record it. And then those areas that kind of look a different color on the tool, you can fly over and show the same. And the growers like to watch that stuff. It's on their farm. Um Trying to figure out a return on investment on a drone right now is kind of up in the air. But they're coming a long ways. From when we first started, we worked with the southern Minnesota Ag Group here, and they come with this alien talk of drones and what you can do, and you can zone down in this and see one particular plant, or you can see these weed patches, and we're like, never heard of that before. So now it's pretty neat that there's so many of them out there in all shapes, sizes, the government's trying to regulate and figure out all this all works together, but it's another tool for us. And it goes for the fact of, hey, if we have down corn, we get a big windstorm that comes through late, we can fly that field. We can figure out how big a patch is or if, what harvest order should be based up on that. What do you think about drones, Joel? Well, I think they've come a long ways. They kind of head into three areas. One of them is they can take a picture with a 35-millimeter camera, and we call that red, blue, green, or RBG. So... You can see it from the air, just like you can see it from the ground. But we don't always get the air visual perspective. So I think that's kind of neat for people to see their field from the horizon view. Then there's another technology out there, NDVI, or basically it's collecting how green the crop is. And that's, uh, again, a little bit closer to the satellite imagery where you can see areas of stress. And then there's thermal. And thermal, I think, is a little bit further of a place to go and find out why the area is cooler or warmer. And just like the thermal cameras they use if you're a firefighter and you're looking for a hot spot in a home, this is a thermal camera that's maybe looking at a hybrid that has a little bit of drought tolerance and maybe that one's cooler. In fact, I was just in the Truman answer plot and one of the producers I work with was flying his thermal camera on a drone and we picked out one hybrid in particular that was about 8 to 10 degrees cooler than the other ones that were standing right next to it. So that doesn't tell us why. It just tells us we should go look at that hybrid differently. So just kind of some interesting things out there. And I think the FAA has tried regulating these, and they pushed a really hard law out there so that enthusiasts and people who had stake in the game would come back and help them build the rules because it's a hard thing to build rules for if the stakeholders aren't participating. So those rules will continue to adapt. So realistically, what can farmers expect from the drone, and what will farmers still have to do manually? Still have to plant it, still have to spray it, still have to pick it. 
And when you identify a trouble spot, you still have to walk out there. A drone's not going to go down and cut a sample and take it to the lab. You still have to have boots on the ground. And it's just another tool, like I said. It's not a one-size-fits-all, and it does everything for you. And, and I don't think it was ever described that way, but it's a pretty neat thing. If we can see stuff on the back 40 that you can't physically drive to, you know, maybe it's infestation of bugs in sugar beets or any crop. You don't see that wilting point or you don't see that infestation way back in there if you don't get out and walk. When I grew up, we used cultivators to do the same thing. You got out there and you cultivated twice a year, and you could see those spots. Not necessarily did you know why there was a spot, but you always knew there was something different about that. But now we don't cultivate, which we should cultivate with some of these weed problems we have, but we use drones instead. Yeah. So I think one of the interesting things about after you find a spot and you want to learn more, there's one thing on the horizon here that's important. As we look at everything that we're doing from driving the tractor to the sprayer to the combine, everything is collecting a digital crumb. And right now, yield information, and maybe you're sitting at home right now and you're looking at your desk and you've got a box full of 10 thumb drives that has your yield data stored on it. And you're just wondering what to do with them or where to go to get all that information to make sense. And so one thing that's on the horizon for Winfield in particular is a data silo, really a central repository for all things digital that ever happened in your field, whether it's a scouting instance or a layer of an as-applied map or a planting map. And I think one really cool thing is being a grower-owned system, Winfield will put you at the center of control for who you want and how you want to share your information. But as you look at some of the modeling tools that come out or maybe a new app comes out and it needs input information in order to start its own process, whether it's planting date or nitrogen application date, if all that data was recorded on some tool and was stored in a central cloud, and ours just happens to be an underground Google server, you would have the ability to much, much more quickly get your program up and running, and it would eliminate some of the pain of Kyle having to do data entry on when that field was planted and maybe even what the organic matter was. So that data silo, it speaks to the Internet of Things, the connectivity of agriculture. And one of the things that that will go on to power, we've talked a lot about precision ag, but modeling and the ability for us to make these inferences on layers of data all in one place will head us into the era of decision ag. And decision ag will really, it won't tell us which zone to apply it in, but it might give us some places to look for opportunity as the year comes up. And that's where decision ag meets modeling, meets data input, and we need things to power that. And that's a data silo. That's such an important piece moving forward and on learning as growers, as people in this industry. If we can stream data as fast as going to the data silo, and coming back with their inferences and everything else and our insight that we can pull off of that. We as growers can be very self-conscious on where a dollar goes and that we're very confident that dollar's coming back and more. So I think it's an exciting piece. So it was an interesting question. Who should see this data, isn't it, when you have that much data floating around? So only somebody who the producer gives admin rights to. The producer's in control of where it flows. And I think this is one of those subjects where people say, well, it's my data and I want it. Well, I kind of think about it like the iWatch or the Fitbit. I don't really care if you know where I'm at. If you know where my GPS is and you know where I'm at right now, Linda, I kind of look at that. As long as you can tell me something about my health that uh, maybe I don't exercise enough or you know something that's a value to me, 
if I'm collecting that information and can turn that fact back around into valuable insights, you can hold on to it and not let anybody know the information. But I think if you let people do some processing on it, you might actually find out there's some areas of opportunity out there. And I think consumers, producers in particular, expect us to make insights out of their data and they'll allow us to choose based on their admin rights in a data silo. To me, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, I've been working for this company over 10 years and going out and visiting with these growers that have 5, 10, 15 years worth of data that's on cards and they don't know what to do with it, but they got these data points. I think by entering stuff into this and then having somebody sort it out, yeah, they're protective of their information and they should be. They should be. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind with Winfield's concept of a data silo, it's not an intelligence system. It's just a storage system. The intelligence systems are the things that maybe somebody comes to your farm and has a new way to sort information for you. You can give them admin access rights, and although they might not be affiliated with the person who sold you your seed or crop protection, you can help them get your information and have them turn it into value and insights. But the key piece to a data silo, there'll be a couple of them in the first few years. But a data silo tends to be a natural monopoly. And so you really, as a producer, have to think about which silo you want to participate in. And long term, that typically winds up being just one. And I bring it back to currency. When you cross over into Wisconsin, you don't have to go to a Wisconsin yen. You can use your American dollar in Wisconsin, Minnesota, or South Dakota. If you talk nice to Canadians, they'll take your green cash too. But that data silo is the same concept of a central repository for all things information. And I think one of the places, again, that we have a strong position is we're a grower-owned system. We might be the best people, the best business to help provide that freedom of choice for growers. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield.